Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Ever heard about this new book uh, about Nick Saban and his career by John Talty, uh, who uh, covers the Crimson Tide for AL.com and has covered Alabama athletics for a long time now. The leadership secrets of Nick Saban. And, I mean, I'm sure it's not secrets any longer after he's putting it out there, but pretty interesting. How secretive can it really be when his coaching tree is is as full as it actually is? That's true. That's true. Um, Kirby seems to have found the secret to beating him. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually twice in the last three years there's been an assistant that's taken him down, including Jimbo Fisher uh, with A&M a couple years ago. Uh, But this, uh, this book comes out, and the first thing that seems to get traction out out of anything is the idea how often have you wanted just Nick Saban to up and go away and retire and leave college coaching for something else open up the door maybe for another program in the SEC or at least the SEC West to uh to have uh to have a a run of success and I mean they have had success I mean Auburn's got a national championship since Nick Saban's been the head coach at Alabama. Same with LSU. Mm -hmm. It's just it hasn't been a run of sustained success, certainly not like Coach Saban's had with five national titles uh, uh, during his tenure at at Alabama. But now the the word coming out from this book that you very well could have done without Nick Saban for the previous seven years if he actually would have gone ahead with something that he contemplated after the famous kick six uh, loss to Auburn at the end of the regular season Mm -hmm. in 2013. Is that the most famous play in college football history? (sighs) 
college football history, I don't know. Maybe Hail Mary by Doug Flutie, uh, yeah. Vince Young tiptoeing into the end zone. Uh, in the Rose, the Rose Bowl, there's a couple of other plays might stand out there too. But I'll tell you what, man, I've I mean, I'd have a tough time picking kick six, uh, picking against anything recently uh, against the kick six for sure. And see, the crazy thing is that that year for Auburn was just full of those type of moments of you know almost felt like a t- uh, team of destiny. I mean, you go back two weeks before that to the Georgia game at the Miracle Miracle of Jordan Air. Like everybody thought that was going to be the greatest highlight of right. the year, if not of of the young decade, because like you said, we're only three years in to that point. And then less uh, was that a Saturday night or Friday night game? That Iron, was that was the the, the, uh, the Iron, Iron Bowl. Bowl. Was that a Saturday night? Or? Oh man, that's I can't. I actually don't remember what night it was. Well, I remember it, it listening was, to yeah. the end of the game though on XM Radio, driving back from Tulsa with my father, Rod Bramblett, the outstanding, mm-hmm. uh, uh, now deceased voice of Auburn athletics, with that fantastic call. Uh, and yeah, um, I don't remember what day of the week it was. Well, well let's just say, I mean, less two weeks or less than that, you you have possibly the greatest play of college football, and it's a play that. You always remember where you were. You just talked about riding in the car listening to Rob Bramlett. I was watching it on TV at my buddy Michael's house. We were about to get ready to go out, go to go to a party. I think uh, I was like a freshman in college. Yeah, freshman in college that year. And you know, they were ready to go. But I said, no, 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 no. Let's at least just finish watching the game. The party's going to be there in 20 minutes. It doesn't matter if we're a little bit late. Like, let's finish watching this game. And it's the greatest decision that I ever made in my entire life was to tell my buddies, like, hey, hey, let's at least finish the game first. Because that play was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, and and like I said, it's going to be one of those things I think most people, whether you're an Alabama fan, Auburn fan, or just a college football fan like me in general, you're going to remember exactly where you were when you saw it happen. Well, and I didn't see it happen. I was or, listening or heard to it. it. Or That's heard right. It. I saw it later on once, you know, after the four-hour drive from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Here's a Dustin in Mansfield says the 82 uh, Cal-Stanford game. The band is on the field. That's a good one. I said that's like one of the weirdest plays uh, of all time, but it the, uh, stands out. What was and, it? Nebraska, was it Nebraska-Missouri, Nebraska-Colorado, the kick to the Hail Mary kick pass uh, catch in the end zone? Yeah, and you there, know was, there was one about, that yeah. Cordell Stewart threw to uh, Russell Westbrook to for Colorado to beat Michigan. I mean, all these kind of plays too. But I think when you the, the rivalry games too, that's the Cal Stanford thing would stand out. But certainly, mm-hmm. I think kick six. When you look at the grand scheme of everything that went on, I mean, it knocked them out of a chance for a national championship, and almost almost uh, ended prematurely Nick Saban's run at Alabama, according to John Talty's book. Saban was so distraught over that loss that he contemplated accepting an offer from ESPN to be one of the guys you'd be watching Saturday morning on ESPN game day. And just think of what you would have not had to deal with for the previous seven years if he actually would have gone along with that. I mean, the dominance in the SEC went again. Since then, you've had a a national title out of the West, but LSU is a totally different program now, and Alabama is still the the same thing, you know. I mean, they, they're doing things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. They're a much more wide-open offense than they were back then. But, hey, they're still winning at almost the same pace with the same coach who doesn't seem like he's anywhere closer to retirement now. But maybe he was a little closer to retirement then. And, I mean, I remember a conversation 
Saban even brought this up because uh, this was uh, three years ago, I think, three or four years ago, Kirk Herbstreet is, is discussing that Nick Saban would be great as an every week mm-hmm. co-host, essentially, on ESPN Game Day because of how enjoyable know. he is when he comes on whenever they're covering Alabama and when they're in Tuscaloosa. Does he has a personality to do it every week, though. I don't know. I mean, maybe if you have the script in front of you like he does for the Aflac commercials, you, yeah. can be, you can be funny. I don't know if he's got the personality necessarily that's, like, entertaining. But, I mean, come on. If Urban Meyer can, can, can be successful on big noon kickoff, as he seemed to be for that one year, he was okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but he was okay. Let me ask you a question because I know my answer. How many times do you watch Big Noon Kickoff over I mean, college I game day? I on a couple of times just to see what the what the the chemistry was. My like answer is one. Guys. I've watched it one time. Yeah. I, I'm 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 a creature of habit. I'm stuck in my route of watching college game day all the way up until eleven o'clock. Like I, I never turn on any other pregame show. Like, and I feel like oh, there's a lot of people out there, and maybe it's just being here where I am. Maybe the big noon kickoff show is a lot bigger, you know, up in Big Ten country or out in Pac-12 country. But I feel like for most people, I'd say at least like 80% of college football fans, they're tuning into college game day. Probably so. Probably so. So you'd be seeing Nick Saban a lot more than you would have seen Urban Meyer. But And, and I mean, whether you think he would have been the right choice or not, like if the offer apparently was there mm-hmm. and he can, he contemplated it, he considered it before, you know, going back for another year and eventually getting... You know, revenge for the kick six. I mean, what was it about that play specifically? I mean, he did make the decision to go for the the incredibly long field goal that 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 set Auburn up for even the opportunity to put somebody mm-hmm. under the goalposts and 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 run it back a hundred and nine yards. I mean, he must have felt responsibility over the way that game turned out. You know, with that very last play, it's just heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking way to lose. I mean, that that's the bet. The best thing. I mean, the biggest thing. I mean, you feel like you've got a chance to win the game. You know, even if you miss it, I mean, what realistically are the odds of a guy one being able to get into position underneath the underneath the goalpost, catch it, and then run it for a hundred and nine yards? I mean, what are the actual possibility of that happening? And when it does happen, it's demoralizing. It's it can be humiliating and just take all the wind out of your sails. I mean, it ruined every moment, any bit of momentum going into a bowl game that year. And, you know, it can leave you with that type of feeling of how many more of these heartbreaks can I take Yeah, when well, it happens like that? There have been, been a couple of heartbreaks since then, including losses in the national championship game uh, three times. But, I mean, you still have won three national titles since then, and he's added to the legacy. I mean, there have been seven or eight. I think nine, ten win seasons mm-hmm. since that since that went down, and I mean he is right now. We we call Nick Saban the greatest coach in the history of college football. I think you could point to a couple of others that might belong near history of the sports top in general, him. but it wouldn't be the case if he would have left after that kick six. And I know as Razorback fans, you probably <laughs> wishing he would have just mm-hmm. done it, gone ahead and done it. But I just can't think of you know. I mean, and 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 who knows what went through the minds of other great Hall of Fame coaches when they also suffered losses, but, you know, didn't have a book written about them and their careers and all of the, you know, rumors that go along with some of this stuff being involved in coaching, uh, you know, from like 30 or 40 years ago. But uh, it's just, it's kind of like mind-blowing to think of what college football might be like without Nick Saban in it for the last 
nine seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would, you know, we're talking about a sport that's changing in so many different ways through the transfer portal, through name, image, and likeness, through conference realignment and conferences going away. And and meanwhile, we've had a ton of legendary basketball coaches mm-hmm. leave the Step college away. game recently in the last two years, and probably more on the way in the next couple of years. Meanwhile, in football, the guy at the top of the list, the unquestioned best coach in the sport, almost gave it up nine years ago for an embarrassing mm-hmm. loss that obviously he put on himself. And that would have made a huge difference in what college football looks like now, too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how many fans of how many different fan bases read that and go, oh, man, what could actually be different? But I wanted, I'm glad you brought up the college basketball angle of this because we are seeing coaches, you know, legendary coaches start to somewhat drop like flies and, and go ahead and retire. I mean, you had Roy Williams two years ago, now Coach K. Uh, this year, I mean, two of the biggest names in all of college basketball and, you know, poss- not, not just of the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, but of all of college basketball, some huge names. And I think Nick Saban, if not is the, is definitely one of the biggest college football coaches of all time. I mean, going back, you know, the complete 152, 50, now 53 year existence of college football. How much of a different, how, like a world without Nick Saban in it. And, and and not saying that he's going to die or anything, but a world without Nick Saban in college football, like how big of a shadow does that cast? I mean, how big of a of a difference is it just to turn on an Alabama game and to not see him there on the sidelines? Like it, it's going to take a long time to adjust, and I think it's gonna it's gonna take a lot longer of time to adjust. You know, just names that I've seen in my lifetime of, of legendary status step away. You talk about Joe Paterno at, at, at Penn State. Now, that was under some really, really bad circumstances. You know, that was a little weird for a few years. I think you look at um, Bobby Bowden at Florida State. It was it was weird for, for a year or two not to see him on the sidelines. I think it's going to take a lot longer for it to feel like normal college football without Nick Saban. Uh, with an Alabama A on his shirt on the sidelines. Well, don't worry. He's not going anywhere. He's no, not he's going not. anywhere anytime soon. You know, just as I feel like with, with Dave Van Horn, he, he's not retiring anytime in the next 10 years. With Nick Saban, I mean, the guy's going to be coaching into his 80s because when you look at how he is, it's like 72 is the new 52. Mm-hmm. He's doing just fine. All right, 877-377-6963. What do you think the SEC would look like if Nick Saban had retired after the 2013 season? We've got a schedule release uh, coming from Arkansas Women's Basketball. They are apparently going to be playing in an Invitational in Southern California in December. We'll run through that later on. Uh, Chicago might be building a domed stadium for the Chicago Bears and also soccer. These things have to go together. It used to be baseball and football <laughs> went together in the same stadium. That didn't work out very well. Football and soccer seems to do quite well. Arkansas men's basketball has a practice open to the media later on this afternoon. I believe Drew's in attendance. Are you headed up there? I am headed up there. Me and, me and old Ty Richardson will be driving up here from the River Valley. We'll go up there and Watch practice and may ask coach a question or two. 
Very exciting. Just make sure you don't get any one-on-one against each other because I don't think that would go very well for either of you. Oh. And halftime is brought to you by the Fence Man. If you're looking for a great job and you're a fence builder or you have building experience, there are quality jobs available right now at the Fence Man that offer great pay and a $500 sign-on bonus. Just got to head to Fort Smith to apply in person at 1213 North 32nd Street. The Fence Man is an equal opportunity employer, and we'll come right back. It's halftime. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. A lot of the quotes coming from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren at the Big Ten Media Days were a little bit too long to play on a two-hour radio show. They were like two minutes, three minutes long. The The gist of it is, and it's different from what we heard from uh, from Greg Sankey, who, who views the SEC as more of a regional thing uh, than a nationwide mm-hmm. conference. And, you know, didn't talk about he didn't like slam the door on expansion, but isn't saying, yeah, this is something we're considering right now. They're focused on their current members and on the two that will be coming in whenever UT and OU eventually do join the SEC, what we expect. But the Big Ten, I mean, Kevin Warren is openly talking about expansion, not right now, but I mean, you know when expansion happens. It's pretty obvious right mm-hmm. now. The big, The big conferences... And the most important schools, well, that comes down to the ones that provide the quote-unquote value that Mr. Warren spoke of. Value meaning media markets and amount of money you can squeeze out of adding more people into your viewing audience. Um, They're going to expand again. Watch out for a year from now where there will be more expansion out of the Big Ten. It won't happen any time in the next few months. I don't think it'll happen any time until, well... Give it about 11, 11 and a half months because that's when... About con- the same time that the USC-UCLA news broke and then about the same time the year before that, Texas and OU. Yeah, and if you're, and if you're the SEC, like, you know, there, there's usually corresponding moves that go along with this, although USC-UCLA felt like an answer to mm-hmm. Oklahoma and Texas joining. But now that both conferences have made major expansion waves in each of the... La- it, it, really, really, in the last twelve months, um, the others got to be ready to go, you know. And if the Big Ten is looking for expansion, and if you're looking for added value, is it really about television markets or just the fan base that they bring? It's not about comp- it's not about being competitive in the mm-hmm. conference uh, or anything like that, you know. The 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 because Notre- I mean, realistically, what has UCLA done in the last five years to be competitive to? You know, warrant a, a, you know, not necessarily a jump up, but I do think it as far as competition and, you know, actual the grade of football that they're playing, the Big Ten plays a better game of football than the Pac 12s. Like, what? So that doesn't matter. I mean, so I, th- I think what you're saying is that it does matter about states, eyeballs, and, and markets because, you know, some of the schools that have been leaked with the SEC have possibly, when they get into realignment, has also been linked with the Big Ten. 
I've seen stories where the Big Ten is considering to would would talk to Clemson, would talk to Miami, would talk to Florida State. Of course, Oregon and Washington are still out there for from the Pac-12 side, but Kevin Warren has really thrown thrown the map away. Geography be darned. He is he does not care. And that's why he talked about it yesterday. How far south could you expect the the Big Ten to look? I mean, I mean Miami. Got, that's pretty far south. I, no, I'm saying once you got into Maryland, like once you yeah. got into Maryland, and like I know Nebraska's not south, but I think comparatively mm. to some of the other schools, it feels like it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you got into Maryland and and started nip, nipping away at the ACC's uh, region mm-hmm. and what used to be the Big East, uh, and and go out west, I think you're right. I mean, if you're going to be on the West Coast. In, in in Los Angeles, and you're going to be on the East Coast in Piscataway, New Jersey, mm-hmm. which isn't right on the coast, but it's not far off, then, I mean, the Southern Coast is the next step, and you're not going to get into Texas. There aren't any schools in Texas that, mm-hmm. you know, work out there. Uh, along the rest of the Gulf Coast, it's all SEC property, essentially, until you get into South Florida. That's right. That's I'm, the next coast. I mean, you get let, let's say that the Big Ten gets Miami and then also brings in Oregon and Washington. We're talking about basically all four corners of the United States. You know, obviously, there's really not anybody that far north in New Jersey that plays that great of D1 football. I mean, I guess you could go as far as, you know, Boston College. But outside of that, you're talking about almost the furthest north that you can go in this country, the furthest south you can go in this country, the furthest west, and then the furthest northwest that you can go. They're, they're trying to win bingo on four corners here with, with the Big Ten. I mean, and, and the thing is, like when we, like you said, when we talked about it with Greg Sankey, he wasn't as open about it. He was said, you know, we just got to see what happens uh, type of situation. Where Kevin Warren, you read some of his quotes and you listen to what he said yesterday – He's wants to keep it going. He wants the expansion to not only keep happening but happen rapidly because he feels like the Big Ten is in is in the bed is in the driver's seat right now that they can control everything. Especially, especially if they got Notre Dame. That's what. I that's mean, the golden goose. That's the four corners and, about, and Notre Dame. Man. I mean, that's a, that's a national fan base right there. Yeah. that's not about you know being around South Bend or being around the Midwest. That's a national fan base, and and Notre Dame brings a certain value that no other university can. You know, even with USC and UCLA together, there's a difference in Notre Dame and it being one fan base that is coast to coast. Mm-hmm. Like that's the golden goose for the Big Ten. I know some other listeners. So, well, the SEC needs to jump on on Notre Dame first. I just don't see Notre Dame necessarily. Is it about being a fit or anything like that? I mean, if you're going to be regional and all that, Indiana is quite far north compared to everybody else mm-hmm. in the SEC. So I, 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 if I'm believing what Greg Sankey says, I don't see Notre Dame being a part of the SEC. I do see them being a part of the Big Ten. That's the added value. Is it about Washington and Oregon? Potentially. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in those two areas. Seattle's a pretty big market. It's more about Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's all about Notre Dame, I think. And it's, you know. It's so do you not- think that the idea of bringing in a Miami, bringing in a Florida State, a Clemson, an Oregon, and a Washington is just more enticing? To get Notre Dame, just saying, hey, look, look who else we got. Don't you want to be in this league? Or is it that if the Big Ten or the even the SEC expands so much, you know, it kills pretty much any other, you know, entity in college football, basically forcing Notre Dame's hand of 
look, if you don't join us, you're not going to survive, which, and I know that's hard to think of when you talk about a school like Notre Dame, but eventually these conferences could get so big that they separate separate and be their own thing to where the age of being independent, the age of controlling your own brand the way that Notre Dame does is going to be over. This is either a way of, you know, come on, come play with us. Look how many other people are playing with us. Or it's, hey, you better come play with us. You ain't playing. It's also about how Notre Dame like views the rivalries and and the 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 series that they've had for years and years. I mean, you, just the fact that USC is now in the Big Ten mm-hmm. and, and you know join the league, you play USC maybe every single year. Michigan, the same thing. Michigan State, Purdue. You know, I mean, they've had plenty of they've had plenty of other lengthy series against programs that are in the ACC before Notre Dame became a quasi SEC member. Thinking Boston College, mm-hmm. Pitt. Uh, they don't have any of that history against SEC schools. It's like when when Notre Dame plays against an SEC team, it's in a bowl game. It's it's like it's a it's a huge novelty. That's another reason why I just don't see Notre Dame as a fit, or I don't think they would see themselves mm-hmm. as a fit in the SEC. So be looking yeah. around, going, "Who are you people? We've never seen you before." Yeah, it's just the fact that Arkansas is even on the schedule for Notre Dame, <laughs> and is again, it's like, wow, this 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 it's is cool. pretty rare. It's awfully rare because it's never happened before. All right, we're going to step aside. Uh, Quick break here on Halftime. Clay Henry will join us shortly, uh, and uh, we'll get into some of this stuff with our friend Clay Henry as well. If you've got any calls or texts, you can give us a call, 877-377-6963. Clay Henry joining Halftime right after this. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A-plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening all the time on PristineAuction.com, and they have just about every player you could want in including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com register today. Now back to the podcast. Clay Henry joining us. The... Uh Former editor, publisher of Hogs Illustrated, now semi-retired, writing at Hogs Plus and broadcasting on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. Good uh, morning, Clay. How are you? Yeah, that's a long introduction. You can just <laughs> say Clay. Can you put that all in a business card for me next time, please? You know, I was just talking to my wife about business cards, and I have one that still says uh, publisher of Hogs Illustrated, but it's got my cell phone on the back, which makes it still, you know, Okay, and I still contribute to Hogs Illustrated. I'm proud of that. Uh, there, uh, the last issue that came out, it's I still had the state of the hogs. I, I think I'm going to go to the back of the magazine in a kind of where are they now corner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but anyway, that's yeah. I'm I'm pleased to do radio with you guys. Absolutely, that's, that's one of the fun things. Uh, were y'all listening to that George Strait intro? Well, I'm always listening to the always. George Strait intro when you're coming on. There's good. There's yeah. reason for that. Maddie knows so you can't song, do radio got, without hearing that from us. Yeah, you got to have an ace in the hole. Something for a rainy day. So, so Drew, what's your ace in the hole? What 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 have you got that can be your ace in the hole? I mean, that nobody knows that's your secret that they light up when you lay it on them. I don't know. I guess I haven't. You got to find one. I do. I do. I because George just sang it. You got to have an ace in the hole. Well, see, I I had one back in my earlier radio days because I I knew that was something everybody needs to have something that in case you know it hits the fan they have something to fall back on technical issues you can't hit breaks you've got to talk about something mine was you know I was my alma mater's football program because I did a show on it uh, every. Uh, two-hour show every Sunday on it. So, like, that was my ace in the hole, something I could always pull out of my back pocket and go to regardless. Now I can't. I, I kind of lost my well, ace, so i got to no, figure that out. you gotta, you got to shift your, your, your brain here. <laughs> so, you know, my ace in the hole is I can fix just rock-solid uh, apple pancakes. <laughs> and so, you know, when you have somebody over or whatever, I mean, you know, it could be your your special lady, or it can be your kids later on. Mm-hmm. It could be their friends when they have a sleepover. You tried out the apple pancakes. And I'm not saying that has to be yours, but that's mine. Okay. My ace and in the whole clay is my bright, shining, bubbly personality that I bring to this <laughs> radio show every day. That's uh, funny. I don't know. <laughs> well, if we're going, if we're going I mean, food-wise. You may, you may work your way into that. Uh, <laughs> Sooner or later, yeah. Uh, you get yeah. an icebreaker, some kind of an icebreaker. Oh, yeah. yeah usually it's, like usually got... it's, hi, my name's Phil Elson, and then they want to start talking Razorback baseball. That's well, that icebreaker. is your ace in the hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it is. Uh, it's not really that fun for you um, because that's your that's your total life. But you got to do that. Uh, like Chuck Barrett used to tell me uh, we'd go somewhere and, you know, maybe – we knew what was about to happen. We're we're going to walk in someplace, uh, and he says we're going to have to do a, a sports rap lap dance. <laughs> That's a frightening thought, there, Clay. Uh, the imagery. Yeah, I mean, but it's you, you know, maybe we we're going to go somewhere after the show at six thirty and meet somebody for dinner. That's back when he did you know drive time. Yeah. He said, Clay, we're going to have to do this, and I said, What do you mean? He says, Hey, they're going to. They're going to ask you about the right guard, the backup right guard, mm. in which, you know, I know all that stuff, or I have. Uh, it's a little scary. There may be a time where I don't. Well, that's what I was going to get into. I mean, it's, here it is. It's like a week before, maybe yeah. a little more than a week before camp begins, and you've got a, a, a much different perspective on what the next five weeks will be like for you. If I remember correctly, you're you're taking a trip for the first week or two of the football season, right? So what what is your, like, mindset going into this where this is your first camp where you'll still be writing about Arkansas athletics mm. but not quite at the same you no, know, pace I mean, that I, you were before. I'm going to write uh, nothing. I'm not going to report on games. I'm going to do pieces for Hogs Plus, you know, one a month. You know, some some kind of uh, a look into something and it, you know, it might be that it's football season and I do a baseball story. Mm. I mean, I, I just do things that I like. 
but it probably will be football during the season. But you're right, September 10th through 18th, I've got an elk hunt in Colorado. We're going up in the, uh, I think it's the Roosevelt National Forest, I mean, in the true wilderness where we're, we're going to have a camp and we'll have horses. And Now, these camps can be somewhat elaborate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sleeping on the ground. Is what I'm saying, yeah. um, and there may be somebody that hauls in, you know, some kind of satellite TV. Although that that's not required at all, in my my perspective. Uh, and there may be some radio, but okay. it may not be satellite. Now I'm pretty close to the truck, so I probably can get to my truck, and I do have satellite radio, so I could get SEC football. Uh, does that make sense? But there's going to be overlap of two games mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm going. Might be traveling during one of those games. Uh, but hey, that's just the way it is, and that's what that's the kind of stuff I've always wanted to do and couldn't. And to get a chance to listen while you're traveling too. Hey, we got a yeah. caller on hold's got a question for us here, Clay. Let's take this phone call from from Bobby. If you got if you want to make a phone call or a text to halftime. 877-377-6963. Hi, Bobby. What's going on? Hi. Uh, well, I have a question for Clay. Uh, I've got to see a bunch of the, uh, or a few of the fish that you have caught in some <laughs> of your racing endeavors. What's, what's the biggest rainbow trout you've ever caught? Oh, it was about this long. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I'm imagining Clay holding his hands out about six feet apart, maybe a little bit bigger than that. No, it's uh, actually, you know, I had two verifications on this measurement. Uh, I was fishing below Bull Shoals Dam about five years ago, and I caught a, and it was almost 27 inches. And, and we get to about, oh, four or five years from now, it'll be 28 inches. <laughs> Because I know it's still growing, so you know you just you know they grow mm-hmm. every time. And I had a guide one time tell me, and it was a big fish, but it wasn't the biggest I ever caught. He goes, Clay, how big you want it to be? I said, What do you mean? He goes, It's just it's just me and you here. <laughs> and uh, I said, Well, it's you know it's about twenty two. But anyway, this rainbow, Lewis Campbell measured it, Bruce Ritter. Uh, and it was it was uh, over 27 inches, and it was a big rainbow to be caught waiting with light tackle, you know, three pound test, and it was over that. So, uh, and there's a there's a uh, copy of it, a replica, plastic painted by Dwayne Hayter that's on on my wall. I'll send it to you boys later, so you'll have a real good perspective of it. Uh, Drew and in in uh, Phil. Hey Clay, what'd you think? You saw the the uh, the catch that I had with the family last uh, week. It was tremendous. In, in Mitch, what'd you think of? What'd you think of those eight beauties? Two Chinook salmon, six lake trout, and they were all delicious. You know, you know what was more beautiful is just the smiles on all your faces. You yep. know, your kids. You know, th- <laughs> those those smiles. That's what it's all about. And the fact that oh, you're spending time with them, Bobby. Did, did I satisfy your your interview? Yeah. In Here's my point on this. Uh, how would we ever get you to shut up if you caught one 
that was three or four times that long. That's, that's Alaska now. Piece. Yeah, that's a, that's what you can and, do and in Alaska. And, and my point is, is uh, Phil kind of skipped over a little while ago talking about conference realignment. Um, that fish is Notre Dame. There's lots of fish out there, but the one that everybody wants to catch is that unbelievably huge, unmeasurable fish. That that's Notre Dame. That's the one you want to have. And Phil kind of skipped over it a while ago uh, when when the big team got USC and UCLA. Everybody thought TV set, but one of the things that I thought of is. Notre Dame's objection to being in a conference all this while is they have all these rivalries that they want. Well, now if the Big Ten is deciding, you know, here's what we'll do. We'll just go pick up all of Notre Dame's rivals, get them in the conference, and then they'll just come. Yeah. And there'll be, there'll be conference games. Yeah, that's not what's going to happen, though. I mean, I, I may be wrong. I'm, I'm, I Sometimes I throw the long, wrong flies out there, and I'm wrong. Uh, and I, sometimes I go to the wrong rivers. Uh, but Notre Dame is, 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 wants to call the shots. And it's the same thing, you know, that Texas wants to do. Now, I don't believe they're going to succumb to going to a place where it's one vote for one, you know, one team or one school. They're not going to come to a conference. They, they've proven that. They've, they picked up ACC for scheduling, and and just you know, and and it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna affect anything else for you know just for their other sports football, because NBC has proven that they will give them the kind of contract that pays all the bills for the minor sports, and their ability to raise money through their unbelievable alumni base that are just unbelievably wealthy. They don't need to have somebody else dictate. I'm talking about, you know, 16 other members. They're not going to do that. And it's a pipe dream, and it is it is something that they, they cherish that everyone's talking about. I just don't see them doing that. I just know too many Notre Dame boosters that – will tell them, you don't need to go into conference. We're going to buy all your tickets. We're going to buy sponsorship on NBC. And I'm talking about, you know, people that are worth $600 million or a billion. So uh, it's a different but it's it's, a different animal. But, but is we, it possible, with the way things are going, uh, is it possible that all these conferences and these TV packages are going to require you to have – so many more conference games, um, is it possible that they may feel like they're fixing to get left out nope. of being able to nope. schedule the kind of nope. schedule they want? Nope. Nope. I, but, I, I don't think so. Because you've just <laughs> outlined it, how important a game with Notre Dame is, that they will, you know, play an out. They don't have to play all those teams. Uh, they'll play Navy. They'll play, you know, Air Force. They'll play some others. You know, they'll, they'll play some teams they can beat up on. So they're they don't have to worry about. I don't think that's going to happen, but it it could. I won't say never. 
Hey, Bobby, we got to run. Uh, we're up against the break. Okay. It is, it's good to hear from you, and appreciate you picking up on what I was what I was dropping there in that in that brief moment in that conversation. We'll have Clay Henry uh, to wrap up the first hour of halftime with us in just a moment. I want to remind you about the eight locations of WT equipment all across Arkansas and North Louisiana. The new location in Springdale is open now at the east side of the interstate between the Don Tyson and Johnson exits. WT Equipment is an authorized New Holland Agriculture and Construction Equipment dealership. And they are your source if you're putting up hay this summer, if you need equipment to finish planting and get ready for the harvest, which, of course, is coming up very soon. Uh, A large selection of new and pre-owned inventories. So when you need to invest in a new tractor or other ag equipment, stop by WT Equipment, wtequip.com for more information. More with Clay Henry after the break on Halftime. Stop by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue. They have a huge selection of beers, wines, and liquors, and competitive pricing on all the top brands. Dave and the crew at Eastside Liquor always provide friendly service and assistance, like carrying your purchases to your vehicle and the convenient drive through service. Give them a call at 479-452-7311. Now, back to the podcast. Clay Henry with us to wrap up the first hour here on Halftime on this Wednesday. And let's go right to the phones where J.W. has called us up. J.W., it's good to hear from you. What's new? Hey, good morning, y'all. Hey, this is uh, primarily directed to Clay. He mentioned uh, Dwayne Hayda, and I've been blessed to know him for, I guess, it's going on decades now. When he first left his job as an art teacher down in Mena, Arkansas, and became a full-time fly fishing guide and fly and and wildlife artist. But what I wanted to comment on was about fish and memorable fish, and it kind of relates to football, too. There are two fish that I remember more than any of the other. And, they, and I've, I've caught giant fish in Arkansas and in Missouri and all through the holy water of the Rockies. But the two I remember the first most was, was a fish my 10-year-old son caught on a dry fly in Pebble Creek in Yellowstone National Park. The other fish I remember the most was a fish that I caught that was all of maybe four and a half, five inches long. It was a native cut in the Purgatory Ski Resort, and I had to crawl on my hands and knees so I didn't spook it. Now, this is after catching giant fish down in the San Juan River. But that, those are the fish I remember the most. And how that relates to football is that I encourage our fans to savor those games that mean so much. There are certain wins that mean more than other means, other wins for whatever reason. There's a meaning in them, and you need to taste that and enjoy them. Whether you're with somebody when you're watching them, you'll remember them forever. And I promise you that. Anyway... Thank you all for bringing your show every day. It's good. It's good to hear from you, JW Clay uh, and Drew, Maddie. I, the way I, I feel the same way about last year's Texas football game, the win where everybody swarmed the field. It's you got to be able to separate, you know, like a win, which is nice and a and a big moment certainly from a moment that you know you're never going to forget. That's what that was. That was the big fish for me. I think it was certainly in the last few years. That they happen, and you don't know when they're going to happen, and it and it can be a last second shot for, uh, you know, I, 
You know, I remember that Qualls dunk against Kentucky just gave you chills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I remember the the orange bow and the the victory over Oklahoma, thirty one to six. I remember the victory over Texas in Little Rock in the rain. Joe Ferguson just lit up uh, Texas in a really a, a torrential rainstorm. Um, you know, it just was, you know, those are meaningful, and they, they don't ever fade. Do uh, you remember who you were with? I watched the Orange Bowl. I was sick with the flu and couldn't go. And I was on Oliver Street in Conway and watching by myself with two blankets on me, had chills because of the flu. And you know what? I got well that night <laughs> for <laughs> a little while anyway. Funny how that works out, isn't yeah, that the truth? But I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, turning up the fireplace, the gas fireplace in that old house and uh, had a little TV, little box TV. And, you know, I screamed, you know, when Roland Sales squirted through there, that all those holes. I remember, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I remember plays. I remember sequences. You know, I just remember the, you know, the duel that, uh, Quinn Grovey had with Andre Ware. Those are just great, great yeah. memories. Man, yeah. it's funny the things you, that you do remember. If you want to talk about like remembering fishing moments, for some reason I seem to remember the first and only time I ever hooked my dad's leg <laughs> ahead of any of the fish I've ever caught. I don't know. It was the embarrassment, and yeah, he might have screamed at me because of that. <laughs> Clay, we're up against it, man. I appreciate okay, you. It's good to talk to you again. Enjoyed it. I appreciate it, it, Clay. I'll send you all pictures from Arrowhead with the... Uh, when George pops out there. Oh, yeah. Please do. Please do. Don't okay. record it, I'm wearing my cow. I'm wearing my cowboy hat. Good. And you got your boots, too, right? Yeah, I might wear tennis shoes. A little hot for boots right now. Okay. Well, Shorts that's, and tennis shoes, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's smart. Wait for the Jean winter. Jean Ann's wearing her cowboy boots. Stay with us. Second hour okay. of halftime after this. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick. The type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera. And the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. All right, we're on the downslope to the weekend right after noon on a Wednesday on Halftime. Phil Elson, Drew Barrett, and Maddie T with you for the next 60-ish minutes or so. Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio, bottom of the hour. Nobody up until then. Basketball practice. Men's basketball practice later on today, open to the media. The women's basketball team uh, this morning has announced their entire non-conference slate Uh, So a lot of basketball to get to here. Uh, Highlights for women's basketball will include playing all the in-state schools as well. That'll include playing uh, in Little Rock on November the 20th against the Trojans. Arkansas play against Clemson, Kansas State, Northern Arizona when they go to St. Thomas. I think I may have to miss the St. Thomas trip because of the Mizzou football game. Uh, We mentioned earlier you got the San Diego Invitational where you could play Oregon, Ohio State, or Virginia Tech. Uh, Creighton, Lamar, Oral Roberts, Kansas State. It's a tough non-conference schedule that Mike Neighbors and his staff have put together for this team. But they don't have the open practice for the media today. 
I assume that's because they're not going to uh, be traveling abroad mm-hmm. like uh, Muss's team is. Uh, but you've got a basketball practice to go to today later on, Drew. That I do, and I'm excited to go. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun because we have been talking about this team since it's since the end of its uh, Elite Eight run last year of, of all right, what's going to happen in 2022-2023? And we saw the recruits come in. We saw the transfer portal, you know, light up Arkansas red. And it's going to be uh, incredible to watch these guys for as much as we can. But also because it's a lot of new faces, Phil. Going to have to learn a lot of new numbers and a lot of new faces. And the easiest way to do that is live and up close and personal and that's what we'll get to do today so i'm excited to see um you know how much we actually do get to see i i'm not sure i'm sure we'll see some drills maybe a, a few minutes of, of some five on five but you know nothing to the extent of what they've already been doing and man, the thing that makes this thing so much like more worth it like you have to go is that Muss has been putting out all these videos, all this mm-hmm. stuff on social media. He's been dangling that carrot in front of my face, in front of everybody's videos. face. It's practice videos, right. And he's been dangling that carrot in front of all of our faces, and now I get to grab it. So I'm going to grab it, just like all of y'all are going to be super excited for, you know, Razor, what is it, Ar- is it Arkansas Madness, Razorback Madness, what's... Because it's not midnight madness anymore. Because no, nobody does it at midnight. I, never, I don't think they anymore. branded anything like that. I mean, it was the red white game. Or okay, red white game. Red white game against UALR a couple of years ago. All right, so I know every, most people are super excited for the red white game to get their first true in person look at this team. But man, it, it's going to be fun. And and all I know is that however long they let us stay there and watch practice, it's not going to feel like enough because it's this team just makes me feel like I just want more and I want more. I want to know more. I want to see more. And, and it's, I I get to grab the carrot, but I don't get to bite it yet. You know, it's still out there. I get to kind of look at it, but I I don't get to truly see what we're going to see uh, in November and December. And then of course, into 2023 with this basketball team, it's going to be fun to watch. So what is it you'd be excited to watch at this practice, specifically at the practice today? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go to the incoming class, of course, and the athleticism of a Nick Smith, or Jordan Walsh, you know, see what Anthony Black has coming in and his ability to handle the ball. I, I, one of the things I like about the guys that have come into the program now, and keep in mind you've lost your six foot ten power forward slash center and Jalen Williams, is that you brought a lot of height into the program with uh, Trayvon Brazil and the Mitchell twins and Jalen Graham, four players theoretically, mm-hmm. in this rotation, depending on how big Muss's rotation does get, if it expands past seven, four players six foot nine or taller, and they've got the bulk. You know, outside of Brazil, mm-hmm. who's a little thin at 200 at 6'10", but, you know, he's got time to put weight on, and he's only a sophomore. Uh, the Mitchell twins are both 230 or heavier, and Graham is, is 225. So, I mean, these are guys that aren't just tall. they got some bulk on them as well. That's no, the they thing. definitely do. Who's going to be able to bang with Osher Shibwe, you know, because we're going to get to see him twice again this year. Yeah, that, that's one thing I'd just be watching, you know, if I was at practice, but I'm not going to be at practice. That's why Drew and Ty are going. Charlie has called us on halftime, and you can do the same, 877-377-6963. What's up, Charlie? What would you What would you be interested in watching, first and foremost, if you were attending men's basketball practice this afternoon? Oh, God. I can't even – I don't even know if I could tell you what all. Um, I'll tell you what. You, better, you, talk, you brought it up the height, the length of this team. 
I, you know, what I've been hearing is that every one of them can also put the ball on the floor, which is super plus. You know, you think about guys that are 6'9 and 6'10, 6'7, 6'8, 6'9, 6'10. You know, in the NBA, you see that, but, you know, on the college level, it's hard to find as many of those guys that can do that. And I'll tell you what, when you've got guys who can do that, and obviously you can switch one through five, which is, I think, going to be really a strength of this team. Um, and whoever gets that rebound, they're gone. I'm telling you what, this team could be top five in the country as far as fast break. If you think about it, fast break scoring, you know, all the little things that you would think about with this team. What I would want to see, though, how are they shooting in practice? You know, I, you know, Moses has talked about they got to improve as an outside shooting team. Now, granted, you know, practice, you can shoot well in practice and you don't take it to the game or it could be the other way around. You know, I've seen it both ways. So, Drew, when you go in there today, uh, you know, and I know you're going to be chomping at the bit, and hopefully they even let you get out there and do a little scrimmaging with them. Because, mm, I don't you know, know that's from, a good what idea. Ty, from what Ty tells me, you're such a good passer. Uh, that the other day he even got popped in the face or something. He oh, I, I can drop some, I can drop some dimes. Don't don't get me wrong about that. I got well, great court vision. Now, can I dribble? Barely. Can I shoot? No, no, no. But I That's can drop okay. some dimes. That's okay. You can just throw a few alleys here and there. I exactly. mean, these guys can go get it. I mean, we got some real talented players as far as athleticism. But you know, I, I do want to see you know guys make some shots and. One thing I do know, though, defensively, rebounding, switching, boy, I'm I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, man. I I don't know how much Muss is going to let you see today, Drew. He's probably not going to show. It'd be cool if you could just sit there and watch him scrimmage. Yeah, that probably that probably would all be fighting. I think. I mean, seriously, I've I've heard it is very physical in practice. You know, I know obviously Darian's brother, and I can tell you it is very hard to score in practice, and it's very physical in practice, and that's with everybody. And that's a good thing. And uh, I think that, you know, I think that makes the team so much better. Phil, you know, you call the girls' games. Uh, uh, I've heard you on there. You do such a great job. You think there's any way, if I, if I, you know, maybe make a pitch here, that I, they'll let you call a couple guys' games this year? Because I want to hear it. I want to hear they, They've had me call men's games uh, before I started on the football broadcast when Chuck had to leave for football, so it, I don't think it necessarily oh, okay. works out for that to happen any longer. Although I, I would love to you know, get a look at the team up close courtside like that, but it's also working with Matt Zimmerman, which is just as much fun as working with Bubba for baseball as, as it is for basketball with Zim. So, But I, I don't think it'll that. happen. I don't think it'll happen this year. Uh, Charlie's, Charlie's good to hear from good you, man. Thanks for, thanks for the call, uh, 877-377-6963 for calls and texts. Wade from Branch next up on Halftime. What's up, Wade? How are you? All right, Phil. How, how are you and you doing? Doing well, my friend. Doing, doing well. Doing great. Good to hear from you. Good deal. Hey, I was going to uh, let you know, I, 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 I listened to the uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons show late at night a lot of times, and they gave a great tribute Um so Fitzsimmons said that uh, Sam Pittman is the most, un- by far, the most underrated coach in the SEC, and I thought that tickled me to death because he 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 really bragged about him, how down to earth he was, and how he motivates his players. And the other thing I was going to talk about, it's kind of embarrassing for me, but uh, the San Francisco Giants debacle right now, what they're going through after the All Star break and. And it really kicked off last night when uh, 
Carlos Roden kicked a baseball bat in the dugout and hit one of his teammates. And I read about that. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, uh, they're a train wreck at the moment. But uh, I was going to tell Drew, I know he's he's an Oriole fan, and congratulations, they're they're over 500, and they're not in the cellar. I know, right? fourth place. Right, you know. Half yeah, a game, half a game ahead of Boston right now. Man, this, this, this feels such Boston like the movie I, Major League. You remember when Harry Doyle's like, and the Indians are threatening yeah. to come out of the cellar. Well, the Orioles yeah, have already done that. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my old age right now, but I remember the Orioles from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And there was one year they had four guys, four pitchers. Of course, I know pitching has changed uh, during the, during this era. But uh, they had four pitchers that were 20-game winners in one year. It you was, remember uh, what pitchers they were? Uh, I'm not even looking it up right yeah, now, and I think uh, I can tell you who they were. You go with Jim, two, I'll Jim, give you the other two. Jim Palmer, uh, Dave uh, McNally. Uh, uh, oh, gosh, darn it. Jim Palmer, Dave uh, McNally. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm also drawing a blank on some of them, but that, it's the only – it's the yeah. only, Mike Cuellar was one. Quayall and uh, Pat Dobson. There you go. Yeah, nobody's done it since. It'll never be done again. But that, they were a remarkable team. I uh, at that time, I thought they were actually better than the Cincinnati Reds during that era. But uh, you know, the Reds, you know, they had the seventy-five, seventy-six season. But it, if it was, only uh, the it Orioles was, could have gotten past the Pirates in those two World Series in the seventies. I know, Drew, you just—it's such an albatross oh, on your I Orioles. Mean, it's, it's such a heartbreaking memory for myself, you know. Yes, it is. I think in, in seventy-one, my dad was eight, and in seventy-nine, my my dad was only would have been what is that another sixteen? So that made me yeah. negative sixteen. But I think. I, yeah, and I was two. Any, anyway, I was going to say the. Uh, there's a, for the Orioles, there's a light behind the tunnel. And, and oh, they got a shot for the playoffs. I mean, they have a shot. Three and a half back. And, uh, Wait, we beat, we beat, we sweep Tampa here? You got two more against Tampa? Yeah. That puts us a game and a half back behind the Rays for third place right now. That's I mean, great. It's incredible. And, and I, I hope they get there. I do I, too. I, I like to see the, I like to see the old franchises come back and, and win, win. And, uh, but anyway, that's, that's what I got, guys. But anyway, have a great day. I, Good to talk. I appreciate, appreciate you guys. Yeah. Good luck with the Giants. Good luck with Carlos Rodon's uh, temper. temper. Yeah, don't don't kick don't kick equipment, man. I've always that's that's never a good sign. If you ever and I look, I mean, you get frustrated. It's mm-hmm. a frustrated game. I understand that, but leave the equipment alone. I saw, I saw my friend's son does this the other day. We're at this indoor. Uh, we're at this indoor uh, golf range because mm-hmm. it was raining in North Carolina. And the kid was so upset at how he hit one of the balls uh, that he lit. This isn't a bar. This isn't a bar restaurant. He slams down the equipment in front mm-hmm. of everybody. Mm-hmm. Man, you can't act like that. Have some and class. It, Come on. Well, it, I was a little bit nervous because earlier I had already broken one of their cheap drivers just by hitting the ball. I thought that thing was going to bounce right back up in somebody's face. All right.
We'll be right back. It's halftime. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry. BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free andrew benintendi yesterday one for four in the royals six nothing lost to the angels does extend a hitting streak for benny to seven games batting average drops 1.321 and uh, the trading deadline is what? About, it's about it. less than a handful of days away. August 1st is the trading deadline. So that'd be next. Well, it's Tuesday? the 27th, so it'd be Monday. Monday, huh? Yeah. July is one of those months with 31 days. It is 31, yeah. You're just going to remember those things. 30 in June, 31 in July. And, and 31 so, yeah, in August, too. As Monday, well. Monday is the trading deadline. And, I mean, Benny's only making $6.6 million with the Royals this year. Uh, he is a left-handed bat who's making contact. He's actually he has uh, surrendered some of the power that we've we've known from Benny. It's not like he's been a thirty home run guy, but uh, in in his career, the last four full seasons, he's hit at least thirteen homers with a high of twenty in his rookie season with Boston. But he's down to three home runs with the Royals right now. But he's cut the strikeouts down, uh, decent on base percentage, good OPS. You know he's good on the outfield. He's He's performed in the postseason mm-hmm. for Boston before, too. Uh, and it just feels like one of the guys that is going to get moved uh, to a contender at some point. I thought he might he might make sense for the Cardinals, but I think St. Louis has, has deeper issues with the pitching staff than anything right now. I mean, they've got a lot of issues with their lineup. It's basically Arenado, Goldschmidt, and that's been it for, for St. Louis. But the, the, the issues with pitching, with the injuries, they need innings, I think, more than they need a left-handed bat. But that might be something that they go to pick up. Uh, well, by the way, Katie Wu from The Athletic will join us tomorrow, Cardinals beat writer, uh, and we'll get her thoughts on, on where the Cardinals could sit. You know, I can imagine they would just stand pat because they're still in contention for the Central Division. Uh, and, and and with those two great players, Arenado and Goldschmidt, and admittedly they weren't available yesterday because they're unvaccinated, and you got to be vaccinated across the border to Toronto. That's another thing about Benintendi too. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wasn't able to make a trip when Kansas City went up to Toronto. And and whatever you believe about whether there should be a mandate or not in Canada, it, there is one. So it's not worth discussing whether or not there should be one. There is one. So he can't go. Like, this is one thing in the in the baseball postseason that I don't think we've ever had to worry about before. Toronto 
is in contention for a playoff spot. You could conceivably, no, more than likely, get it. Aren't you're they? You're going to end up. You're going to end up with. I mean, how many Cardinals were out of the were, were not there yesterday? They have more than a handful mm-hmm. of players that 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 weren't allowed to make the trip. You you could end up totally hamstrung in a postseason series because of of the players' choice to remain unvaccinated. And again, whether you whether you believe. In, in in mandates in this or not, it doesn't matter. The rule is the rule. I mean, this, this is, is how a Canada thing is. to yes. get in to Canada. Yes, and it's not like the it's not like the Toronto Blue Jays are just going to say, you know what? To make sure everybody's playing with the full roster, we're going to go play in Buffalo again. No, this their games are going to be held in Toronto, and it's not the Blue Jays' fault that, and it's not Major League Baseball's fault. That there's really, and it's really nobody's fault in in this whole situation. It, it's really. You know, and and you've, we've known this about with the vaccines and with the way that um, different rules and regulations have been set up with. It's your choice. You can do what you want with it, but just know that there could be some consequences when it comes to this, especially when it comes to it in sports. And Toronto's going to be hosting. I mean, they'll be, they're going to host that number one, that uh, wild card series, the best of three, because they're two games up on Seattle. They're... Um, are two games up on, on Tampa. They're a game and a half up on um, on Seattle. I, I don't see the Toronto Blue Jays just absolutely falling apart in the month of August and you know September to get out of that spot. They're they're going to be in the playoffs, and it's just it's going to hurt somebody. And you know if you're you know if you're Tampa, if you're Seattle, if you're Cleveland, Baltimore, Chicago, Boston, some teams that are still in the race. If you got some unvaccinated guys, you might want to start looking at them. And go, hey, you know, you might want to, you might want to at least reconsider it. Well, and that's that's why, like, I, I guess I'd be surprised if he's traded to an American League team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the chances you're going to have to do, go through Toronto at some point. The, that's that's right. Theoretically, you might have to, and you'd want to have your best players available. Uh, and if you're trading for a guy in Benintendi, you could be a rental potentially. Of course, you'd want him to be available for those games uh, in the not just the postseason, but in the pennant race leading up to it. Because those are you know just as important as they jockey for positioning. So that, I mean that that that's one aspect that you've never had to worry about when it comes to the trading deadline. Like, is this player going to be eligible to play in mm-hmm. a postseason series because we've got to cross the border? But that's that's what that's what you deal with. It ends up making you less attractive to some of the some of the teams that you might have been attractive towards. Um, also, by the way, Cardinals fans, it looks like Yadier Molina is on the way back, and I've had the uh, the pleasure of watching Molina uh, play in a rehab a couple of games in Springfield, mm-hmm. Missouri, a number of years ago, and I still did the Travelers. That was really cool. Oh, I'm sure it was. And the place just totally responded with a sellout for every game he was there for, and. And, of course, the double-A team never ate any better than that day because the big league catcher is going <laughs> to supply quite a spread for them. Well, he's going to be in Memphis. Uh, so and yes. I know most of our listeners are in, are in western Arkansas, northwest Arkansas, northern Arkansas, so it's a little bit of a, of a trek to get there. But tomorrow and Friday, Yadier Molina will mm-hmm. be playing for the Memphis Redbirds. Yes, the North Fork Tide, the Baltimore Orioles triple-A uh, uh, affiliate. It's it's always great when, when Yachty or, or anybody from, from the big club comes down uh, to Memphis. It does it, – I, I don't say – I wouldn't say it guarantees they sell out, but attendance definitely does raise for, for sure. 
And it'd be nice to see him back with the back, back with the uh, big birds there. You know, hopefully by the end of the weekend, the big birds. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, I'm thinking Sesame Street. Yeah. Uh, halftime is brought to you by Baxter Regional Medical Center, nonprofit health system focused on providing high quality, compassionate care since 1963. Baxter Regional has over 250 providers, over 1,800 employees in over 40 locations, from Harrison to Hardy and from West Plains to Mountain View. And Baxter Regional is there for you wherever you are. You can pick from neurosurgery, comprehensive heart program that features TAVR, women's health clinic, urology, orthopedic care, pain management, and more information available at baxterregional.org. After the break, we are visiting with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio. It's halftime. Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith is your seltzer hub. They have High Noon, Bud Light, White Claws, and more. Stop by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith today and get your favorite at 9390 Rogers Avenue. Now, back to the podcast. Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio joining us on halftime. Been a couple of weeks since we had Bill with us. Uh, Drew was at SEC Media Days last week, so we gave Bill uh, the week off. He still, of course, was hosting on Nashville Sports Radio, as he does every day, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 9. And, Bill, good to have you on. How are you? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Do you see this uh, this report? Now, I haven't read the book, uh, the Nick Saban book by John Talty from AL.com. Did you see this, that Saban apparently considered retiring and joining uh, college game day? at the end of the 2013 season because of how he felt from the kick six. Can you imagine what the SEC would look like without the last nine years of Nick Saban at Alabama? What do you think would happen? History tells us Alabama would have made a hire that wasn't good. And they replaced Bear Bryant when he retired with Ray Perkins. Then they went with Bill Curry. Remember, they passed on Bobby Bell to hire Bill Curry. That's a true story. Then they hired Stallings. That worked. Won a natty in 92. And then they went through DuBose and it just a big mess all the way until they got to Dick in 06. It probably wouldn't have been good. Conceivably, could you have seen them looking at Kirby Smart? Could we have theoretically seen Kirby Smart as the head coach of Alabama way before joining as the head coach of 20, Georgia? 2013 seems a little early. He was early on now. He's part of back-to-back national championships and part of 09, too. So mm. three and, and four years when you look at it, three and five years, whatever it is. But I don't know. He was awfully young. He was a defensive coordinator, obviously, trained and honed his skills under Nick. I don't know what they – I've got a guy I can ask. I don't know who they would have hired right there in that in that block. That most win he wouldn't have been. Would Saban? Sure, so. Oh, so Dabo, Dabo, you're right. You're right about that. Coming back home with, and and you know that was he'd gotten he'd gotten Clemson going, but maybe not quite at the level as it had no. been a couple years later. You think he'd have listened? Do you think he would have made that jump? No, I don't believe that. He also, around the same time period, supposedly was close, or at least really considering the Texas job. That's that's also somewhat of a true story. Some of that was some bad business dealings that he kind of got taken, uh, you know, done wrong and, and some things that went on. But I don't, I don't believe the, if the inference is he was really close to doing it, I don't believe mm. that. He's a football coach. No way. 
Well, Bill, let's kind of stick on this hypothetical train that we're going off of, not just of who would have been that Alabama coach after Nick, but you look around the SEC, and since 2013, there's been plenty of turnover. Who would yeah. still be? Who would? Who do you think might still be coaching? Who would have actually thrived and done better at, at a stop in the SEC than they did if Nick Saban wasn't in the way? Well, I mean, all these guys that got fired at Tennessee, it's a bunch of those, right? Yeah. I mean, how many do you want to count four or five of those? And we can start there. And uh, everybody else through the league has gone through coaches. Now, Georgia would still be Georgia. Nothing nothing would have changed there. Uh, pretty much everybody in the West would have gotten some kind of a reprieve, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah, everybody would have been, you know, in somewhat of a better shape, at least as hypothetically speaking, because you're not going right. through – Big, bad Alabama every year. And uh, Kevin Warren of the Big Ten, he wants to make the Big Ten big and bad. And whereas Greg Sankey last week was real hesitant when talking about, you know, expansion and everything and, you know, saying that they're happy with the 16 they're at. From Kevin Warren's comments, it sounds like he, he wants more. He He's happy with the three major markets that they got in New York, Chicago, and L.A., but he doesn't sound like he's a guy that's, waiting to react or slow down right now, does he? I don't trust much of anything that guy says. Um, he's not the reason why they're so strong right now, and he's certainly not the reason why they got Southern Cal and UCLA. Those were Southern Cal TV execs that got that done. I don't think they're in the mood to expand right now in the Big Ten because a couple of terms we need to get used to. It's additive or dilutive. You're one of the other. Mm-hmm. None of those schools except Notre Dame are additive. They don't bring added value to the league. And if you're going to be splitting up a billion one right now with the current deal you've got, why would you want to divide by two more schools? It makes no sense. They, they don't bring that much muscle of the group that's left. So I'm not saying eventually two, three, four, five years we see more expansion. I don't think we've got anything left today. I'd be shocked. You you mentioned the Golden Goose. I mean, it's all about if you know whether Notre Dame joins them or not. Uh, and right. and we uh, one of our co-hosts earlier in the first hour, Clay Henry, is like, no, that they'll never do it. I mean, independence means too much to them, and it means too much to the boosters who have incredibly deep pockets, and they've got plenty of value in football to be able to generate another television contract potentially from NBC. Do you, I mean, would, would you see like would Notre Dame leave? Because I think Notre Dame would have to leave a little bit of money on the table just to stay independent, no matter what. They, they yeah, they're able to do but- that, don't you think? They think they can get $75 million in their next deal. And I think they've got two, three years left on the current deal. Pays about a fourth of that. And um, the TV execs are telling them this. That's why they believe it. They, they've got And if not, if NBC doesn't want it, CBS might take it. Or Big Tech might take it. They're not worried about it. The only way you get noticed in a league is if, you, if, if there was a movement to squeeze them. Squeezing them would be twofold. We're not going to allow you in the playoffs unless you're in a league and or you're going to get squeezed because of the money and they're under no threat either way they're happy with their future they're happy with their future money and you got to remember when greg sankey before the ou texas story hit was expanding the playoffs and they were coming up with a plan and all of that the the ad at Notre Dame, was in on the conversation, agreed to all of this. They're in on it. They're not outside of it. 
And Jack Swarbrick is incredible. You could you could argue Jack Swarbrick is as strong as anybody in college football, college sports. So unless they get squeezed, guys, that's not happening. Forget who it was the other day, and that uh, that brought up the idea of some of the worst hires in the history of uh, of college football and in the SEC. And maybe I think you might have been you. I might have been listening to your show that was talking about this. Chad Morris is on the list. Um, and and Jeremy Pruitt's got to be on the list too, for for these for these uh, violations coming from the NCAA and, and an organization there that doesn't really seem to be very interested in enforcing rules. For these rules to uh, have been uh, now enforced says something about the way they view it. But it does seem that yeah. you know potentially Tennessee might get out might get out without a bowl ban. Do you think that'll be the case? I don't think they're going to get hit hard. And I don't think it's necessary. Well, it is kind of the move out there. I, I don't think they've already docked 12 scholarships. Now, that might not be enough. But by the way, guys, the worst hire in the history of the SEC, at least modern times, is Rod Dowhower. Now, people will, will you'll remember him because you're a Pittsburgh guy. And he was, I believe he was at Philadelphia when he got hired by Vanderbilt. They, they lost DiNardo to LSU after he got beat 65 to nothing on a Saturday. LSU offers DiNardo the job. So obviously, he leaves Vanderbilt to take that job. And Paul Houlihan, the AD at Vanderbilt, hired uh, Dow Howard. Now, got to remember, DiNardo ran something called the I-Bone, which is a combination wishbone, I-Formation, and it was good. It was a good offense. Vanderbilt was completely recruited to that. They had no quarterbacks who could throw. They bring a pro-style coordinator from the pros in, and he tries to make that work, and it was beyond a disaster. <laughs> beyond a disaster. And that's Vanderbilt <laughs> on top of it, so... Well, Bill, going back to the Tennessee thing, and yeah, how much yeah. was the Jeremy Pruitt buyout uh, a motivation for them to be so forthcoming with the NCAA? You know, they now have all the proof that they need to not pay Jeremy Pruitt, I think, $12.1 million, uh for firing since it's now with cause, and they've spent a fraction on that on lawyers and investigations. If Jeremy Pruitt's buyout would have been lower to where the money would have kind of been the same of – do our own investigation and cooperate or just pay out. Do you think the Tennessee would be as cooperative and as forthcoming with the NCAA? Because we've seen in the past that it doesn't really help. Yeah, I do. Their leadership now, it appears for the first time in decades, looks good. They've always had a crook or somebody you couldn't trust as the president. And you, they've gone through ADs. That, that have not been very strong. Obviously, the former hire, you had to fire somebody to get him, was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it looks like with Donnie Plowman, who's running the university, and Danny White, the AD, it looks like they're led for the first time. Nobody stabs their own more than Tennessee. LSU does it, That's too. True. Auburn's doing it right now to Brian Harson, But nobody is better at it than Tennessee, and it looks like that has settled there. The Har- has the Harson thing settled down? Because when I when I hear him, you know, say our program is stronger because of this, because of this, uh, you know, internal investigation. Uh, but every year there's a new there's a new soap opera going on with Auburn football. And and if the writers are right, if the media is right, and Auburn finishes dead last in the SEC West, then no, their their program is not any better than it was before. <laughs> and Brian Harson will be looking for a new job. So I mean. <laughs> I mean, are they in a better spot than they were a year ago? I don't think so. No, they're in a worse spot, and he's not going to survive. And he's got a lot of people there that don't want him there. They're going to win. 
They didn't get it done this last time, and I know he mentioned that, but no, he's he's not going to make it. Now, the only thing he needs to do, and I, I'm sure his wife's reminding him every day, just don't screw this up. They owe us a lot of money. You know, when it's over, we'll get in a hammock somewhere and ponder the future and have some umbrella drinks or whatever, but... You know, just don't screw this up with something dumb mm. to where I'm sure they'd love to get him for cause because they floated that rumor a year ago right. on him. Yeah. And it never was corroborated. Nobody, but, but everybody went with it, right? I mean, it was damaging, even though apparently it's not true. So if that's going to happen, guys, he's better watch it. Just don't, don't let him get you is what I'll be doing <laughs> right now. Yeah, it seems like the the best plan, Bill, because I think for most people outside of Auburn, it's felt like he's gotten the short end of the stick. So, uh, you know, with the rumor, with the alumni and everything else going on just down there on the plains, how long would it take for him to get another head coaching job? I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy that'd have to go to one of these coaching rehab spots as being an analyst for Saban or, or for Kirby or something. He seems like a guy that, you know, could get fired and, ultimately could have another job in the in the Power Five within a year or two. I think he's a Pacific Coast guy, and a Mountain West job would be just right. Something like that. He will have had a lot of money in his pocket. And by by the way, guys, we're not having this conversation right now. Tank Bigsby stays in bounds at the end of the Alabama game. Yeah. We're not talking about it. This is not a thing right now. Just like we wouldn't be talking about Matt Luke losing his job at Ole Miss without uh, – Without uh, the dog peeing in the end zone. Elijah Moore, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny how these things work (laughs) out. One little thing, it turns out it is not just a tiny little thing. It it turns over programs completely. Bill, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to to getting back to it again next week. Appreciate it, Bill. Appreciate it. Nashville Sports Radio, 6 to 9. It's it's worth your time to give it a listen. Um, You know, if you have to turn away from the morning rush, which we just don't really advise doing very often at all. Uh, 877-377-6963 to get with us on halftime in the final segment. Don't forget, if you're looking for a great burger... Well, CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers has the best burgers anywhere in the state of Arkansas at both the Fayetteville and the Russellville locations. They are open today. And if you're anywhere near a Harps location, you can just head inside and purchase CJ's seasoned patties and the seasoning as well at Harps. CJ's Butcher Boy Burgers, when all you do are burgers, they have to be the best. And we're wrapping up a Wednesday next on Halftime. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on-time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Well, here's a different sort of an NIL deal, and this this would be the kind of deal that I think was expected when name, image, and likeness became a thing a year ago. Uh, we will have, there will be an official um, marketing spokesman for Darlington Raceway, NASCAR racetrack in uh, North Carolina. Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall will be promoting the racetrack's annual Labor Day race. And another race uh, uh, later on as the Speedway's face of their marketing campaigns. 
That's nifty. And a co- I mean, Coastal Carolina, I understand they had a really good season last mm-hmm. year. That's a Sunbelt school. Who <laughs> would have expected that a Sunbelt quarterback would be the face of uh, one of the major speedways in NASCAR racing? But there you go. Well, how far away is, uh, you said it was Darlington or Darling? Darlington. Darlington, South Carolina? Where this thing is at? Yeah, you're asking a question about, so I have no how idea close where is these it? are. I mean, if, if Darlington's like right next to Coastal Carolina, then yeah, it might, might make sense that you you have some, uh, some Coastal Carolina fans there, but you think, or maybe, you know, maybe they took, took a swing at, at a Clemson or South Carolina player and didn't work out, so they figured the best that, that they they could get Coastal Carolina's uh, uh, QB, and that's what that's what they got. Coastal Carolina's in Myrtle Beach, correct? I don't know where Coastal Carolina is located. You're you're not answering any of my questions. Here. I don't have answers to all your questions. I need you to pull up a map. Come on, Phil. Come you sound on. Like, you sound like Bubba right now. If I don't <laughs> have answers to all the questions, all of a sudden it's my fault for not I thought having you're the, answers. I thought you were the dictionary slash encyclopedia slash... Uh, Wikipedia, you know, I thought you, I thought you knew it all, well, but it is, it is a cool story, you know, to have, uh, you know, it be, a, it trickle, trickle down to, to that type of level. Conway, that's the name of the town. Matt texts us in. Ah, okay. It's about 15 minutes from Myrtle Beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 15 minutes from Myrtle Beach makes it probably a couple of hours. I mean, it's got a big drawing range, I'm sure. I'm sure. A big, a big track like that. It's just... I mean, that's, car racing in South Carolina. I'm guessing it's pretty popular. Yeah, incredibly popular. And North Carolina, too, where his university is located. Anyway, that just caught my eye before this all started. And yes, he is a he is a an outstanding quarterback. Um, but it, it it's from a school that we didn't even know where it was located. Briefly there, <laughs> even though they had a really good season they last did. year. Dustin Johnson went to Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, very good. It's a fun fact. I mean, I know that didn't do anything to help move this conversation along. Just just a fun fact. And now everybody knows. So you've got basketball. But what, how is this all working out today? How much practice do you get to watch? When do you have to get there? Are you are you being herded with the rest mm-hmm. of the media in somewhere? Are they taking your phones? Can you actually send a photo out from there? I, I'm not sure. Here's what um, I've been told from the email. Members of the media will be allowed to attend and video. So practice on Wednesday, July 27th at the Eddie Sutton men's basketball practice. Gym media may wait in the lobby. If you arrive early, we'll be allowed to enter the practice gym at approximately 4 p.m. and stay through the conclusion. Afterwards, head coach Eric Musselman and selected players will be available to the media in the Bud Walton Arena media room. That is all I know. What selected players those will be, I'm not sure. Um, how long till the conclusion of practice? Does that mean practice ends at 4.15? Does that mean practice ends at 4.30? Or are we going to get lucky and practice ends at 5? I mean, you know what it's like when it, when you go to football practice and you're allowed to be there, you get like 20 minutes mm-hmm. out of two hours to yeah. watch. And normally it's the first 20 minutes where they're barely doing anything. You know, they're not... They're not really cracking up in the playbook at the 20 minutes that uh, the media is there. When the practice I went to last year is mostly individual uh, position workouts. And then I think we saw five minutes of of actual 11-on-11 play, if that, if I remember right. Yeah, that's right. You don't really see much at all in, in, in football practice. Plus, there's so much going on. There is. And they're on, like, they're on the inside. They've got two fields outdoors. You don't... You, 
if you try to just stay on one field, you miss two others, two yeah. of the three, and then you try to move around, and it, it's hard to catch a lot of stuff. At least with basketball, there's only going to be one court. I'm I'm ninety percent sure they're all going to stay on one court. Ch- chances are yes. Might even get to see a little scrimmaging going back mm-hmm. and forth, maybe just a little bit. But it's a curated. You know, you're going to be seeing what they want you to see. This this is curated. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like when you go to football practice. You know, well, we're not going to see. We're not going to see the really good stuff in the playbook in these first twenty mm-hmm. minutes, um, and and so you'll see, you'll see what what Moss and the coaching staff want you to see, and I'll bet you it's pretty exciting. Show off some of that mm-hmm. athleticism, some of the shooting range potentially, uh, but I think it's really cool to be getting a chance to go to this basketball practice in late July, yeah, rather than waiting for you know early October, middle October to actually get your eyes on this team. I imagine you'll have a pretty pretty hefty group of media members that want to get in on on this because of all the hype. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Alyssa told us yesterday that she's hoping uh, to be out there. Um, obviously, me and Ty, I'm sure Scotty, Bob, uh, Tom will all be there as well, along with you know plenty of the other uh, Arkansas media. The thing with, when it comes to basketball, though, I mean, how much can you really hide? I mean, yeah, don't show us, you know, what plays you're running for individual guys, but you know, as far as just athleticism and just you know your normal pick and roll type of stuff that that you see in every game, I mean, really, how much can you hide? I mean, it, it's not like it's not like in football where we're going to find out Malik Hornsby's not only just playing you know slot receiver, oh, he's also going to sub in for the right guard or something like something crazy <laughs> like that. Like you can't hide, really hide something like that in basketball. Malik weighs about as much as a right guard's leg weighs. I think. <laughs> it does. Yeah, but anyway, I think you should have fun. So we'll get sound from Muss and uh, a full report from Drew Barrett tomorrow from basketball practice. And that's when we're with you again tomorrow. It is back on the air at 11 o'clock for halftime. Ruskin and Zach will take you at 3. And don't forget, we'll have our Eastside Liquor halftime podcast coming out in just a little bit. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. For Drew and Maddie, I'm Phil. Get up, get out, and get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Lefoot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. 